Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. All right, good morning, good morning. Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. How you guys feeling today? It is a dreary morning. I was woken up uh, a couple hours ago to thunder and lightning, and it was wild. But we're here, right? And we're, we're jumping into 1 Samuel 28. 1 Samuel 28. I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right into it because there's so much to cover within this chapter. Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you, Lord, for this morning, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, Father, just to dig into your word, Lord, and just just learn more about you, Father. I pray that you will be with us during this time, Father. I pray that your, your Holy Spirit will be in every room, every house, every vehicle, every office, everywhere that, that your word is being heard, Lord God, and just continue to reveal yourself to us, Father. Be with us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. 1 Samuel 28, and I am in the New King James Version. <clears throat> now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you will surely know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Achish, surely you know that your servant, what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So, so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium, and I may go to her and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct the seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is this form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me any more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. 
Then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Immediately, Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice. I have put my life in, in put my life in my hands and heed the words which you spoke to me. Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread for you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants, together with the woman, urged him and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now, the woman had a fatted calf in the house and she hastened to kill it and she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it so she brought it before Saul and his servants and they ate then they rose and went away that night amen Whew, a whole lot going on there so Samuel was dead verse 3 and and Samuel's death was originally um, talked about in 1 Samuel 25. But here it's mentioned to, again to emphasize that that uh, there was a spiritual vacuum left when Saul departed, right? And Saul was really feeling this. And Saul had already put away, put out the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. And so, so to his credit, Saul had obeyed the laws of Moses to cast them out. Any anyone who practiced the occult, they were removed from the land of Israel. You know, in Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 18, God commanded that mediums and spiritists, and these are those who who make contact with the dead, who make contact with spirit beings, should have no place among his people. And Saul did this in the early days of his reign, while he was really still being influenced by the leadership of Samuel. It's very important that things like like tarot cards and palm readers and horoscopes and Ouija boards are are modern attempts to practice forms of spiritism. Okay, and there's a lot of people, even people within the church, the capital C church, who believe that these things are okay and they're not. Right. I'm going to make this very, very clear. They are not. There's even a thing you can get on Amazon. I think it's called an angel board. And they and they advertise this. That you will speak to your guardian angel and your guardian angel will speak to you through this board. And it is just a Ouija board, but it's nice. It's got nice pictures on it. You know, there's angelic symbols. And so 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 now that we're people are being even further deceived by this, okay? If you have anything like this in your home, get it out, remove it, throw it away, burn those things because it is doing nothing but opening your, your guys, your, yourself up to the spirit world, which is very, very real, okay? I don't want to freak anybody out. We have people on the Zoom who are at, you know, different different levels of understanding. You know, so we have some new believers. We have people who've been in the faith for years and years and years. So I don't want to get too too, you know, I don't want to get too deep into this. 
but I want to be very, very clear. This is serious. So remove those things, right? The Mosaic law was very clear. You know, you know, Moses said, anyone who practiced these occult practices, remove them from the land, right? Because they're going to cause, you know, evil to come into the land. Saul obeyed this and he had removed everyone, right? And then, so, so now here we have Saul going up against the Philistine army. And it says in verse five, when he saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly, right? Long before his downward spiral, Saul, and, and when Saul was still walking in the spirit, he was a man of great courage, you know, but he began to lose his courage when, according to 1 Samuel 16, the spirit withdrew from him. And now after the death of Samuel, his courage seems to be almost completely gone. Think about this. This was a man that um, stood head and shoulders above everybody. He was a powerful man. And now here we are. It's towards, the, it's towards the very end of his reign, you know, um, literally, you know, like the, the last like day or two of his reign. And he's withered down to this coward of a man. And it says in verse six, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him. So he's in a terrible place. The Philistines were threatening him. His, 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 his courage was failing. And now God was silent when Saul sought him. And Saul hoped that God would speak to him through his dreams, and he didn't. He thought he would speak to him through the Urim, and the Urim was a, was a piece of the, the, the priestly garb, you know, the, 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 the priestly dress they would wear. He thought that, you know, if he, if he was praying by that, the Lord would speak to him. That didn't happen. Um, he wanted to, you know, hear through the prophets, you know, because um, there were other prophets in the land, you know, that we don't really, you know, know by name. But, no, but the Lord was silent to Saul. That says the Lord did not answer him. This silence demonstrates that God will not always allow, uh, will not always answer everyone who seeks him. Not when that person is in a place of judgment, just as Saul has found himself in right now. King Saul has reject has rejected and is currently rejecting the revealed will of God. Since Saul didn't care to obey God and what he already knew, God would not reveal more to him. Let me say that again. Since Saul did not care to obey God and what he was told to do, God would not reveal more to him. If you feel like you're reaching out to God and God is silent, maybe, just perhaps, you have failed to do the previous thing that God told you to do. Perhaps you're being just simply defiant to what God has, has instructed you. And you're asking, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? God, speak to me. God, give me the answers. And, and God's like, I've told you. And you've been disobedient. You've been defiant to my word. At the very least, Saul knew that God did not want him to hunt David. He didn't want him to kill David, <clears throat> and so, and he said as much in 1 Samuel 24 and 1 Samuel 26, you know, yet Saul disregarded what he knew to be God's will in this matter. If we want God to guide us, we must follow what guidance we already have from him. 
when we reject the word of God, we can still be comforted by the fact that he can speak to us. As we continue to reject his word, he may stop speaking to us. And then we will lose even that comfort of the word of God. So Saul was in such a desperate place. He says, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And again, it wasn't easy to find a medium because Saul had 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 them all removed. So he asked his staff to find one, and they suggested a woman who was in this place called Endor. Traditionally, this woman is known as the witch of Endor. And, and it may be appropriate to call her a witch, um, but more accurately is to call her a, a medium or a necromancer, um, one who makes contact with dead, with, with, with spirits. Um, and so... Um, Saul disguises himself in verse eight, and he goes goes to her. And, and as he sought the medium, you know, he as he's seeking this medium, he's bringing a curse upon himself. Saul was in such a, a, a low spot, right, that he's bringing a curse upon himself. Leviticus 26, 20, verse six says, and the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Saul knew what he was doing, right? The kings of Israel were instructed to know the law of Moses. And yet Saul still, as throughout his entire reign, thought he knew better. You know, and if I just do this little thing, it's not going to be a big deal. So he was bringing, he, he, he was knowingly bringing a curse upon himself, you know, and he tells us the medium, bring up for me one I shall name for you. Saul will ask the medium to channel the deceased prophet Samuel. And he did this because he wanted to know what God might say to him. So Saul is like, like um, someone going to a palm reader to hear the will of God. Makes no sense, Right. He's going to an occultist to hear what God wants to tell him. This shows the depths of Saul's fall from God and how it, it was affecting his mind. He wasn't even thinking straight, right? And Saul, he rejected the truth and he, he was likely to fall for even the most foolish of deception. He says in verse 11, bring up Samuel for me. So why did he want Samuel? Considering the time Samuel had rebuked Saul, we might think that Samuel was the last person that Saul wanted to see, but Saul probably wanted to, to go back to the good old days when the, when the prophet was his guide and his mentor, when they were in a good relationship. You know, in the midst of his sin, depression, his demonic influence, Saul forgot that Samuel was in fact his adversary as soon as he had slipped into sin. And it says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. Um, this The medium, she was probably so shocked because, you know, she was a fraud. You know, like, let's be real. Like, mediums, they're, they're, they're practitioners of evil, you know. And, and most of her dealings um, with the spirit realm were probably tricks, okay? Um, not uh, every one of these, uh, not every time you see, like, you know, a uh, uh, psychics and palm readers and blah, blah, blah. Not everything is like a, a cultic practice. A lot of it is just tricks, right? People are just, you know, they're con artists. They're trying to get you, right? 
But there are, in fact, those who practice this and they're they are, they are playing with the demonic. And so, you know, where she fell into this, I can't really tell you, but it was enough to where, where it scared her. So now Samuel really is appearing from the world beyond, right? So she was surprised to actually have a real encounter from the spirit realm, right? And, and we can say that she was probably familiar with the presence of demonic spirits, but the, the presence of, of a spirit from heaven, you know, was very unfamiliar to her. And so, so this was terrifying. And she says, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. She was surprised because she now realized that she practiced her craft before the same person who had drove out the rest of the mediums and, and the spirits from Israel. So she had a reason to be afraid, both, uh, both in the spiritual sense and the spiritual presence that she saw and because of the king that was standing before her. And so Saul, he perceives that Samuel's there. However Samuel appeared, he was visible visible to both the medium and Saul. And this wasn't like a crystal ball appearance that only the medium could pretend to see, right? Nor was it some voice in the dark, you know, as it, 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 so this was the real appearance of something that appeared to be Samuel. Now, this incident is very controversial in the Bible. And there have been several approaches on how to how to make this make sense, to understand this passage. So one, some believe that this was a hallucination of the medium. But this doesn't make sense because it doesn't explain why the medium was so frightened. It doesn't explain why Saul also saw Samuel and why Samuel spoke to Saul and not the medium, right? So we can we can scratch that one. Some believe this was a, a deception by the medium, but this doesn't also adequately um, explain it all for, for the same reasons that I just said. So we just scratch that one. Some believe this was, was a, a demonic uh, impersonation of Samuel. And it is possible that the medium with her occult powers summoned a demonic spirit that deceived both her and Saul. But this suggestion also is inadequate because it doesn't speak to the to the issue of motive. What advantage does Satan gain by Samuel's words to Saul, right? There is, there is no gain. So let's scratch that. But others believe that this was a genuine, although a very strange, appearance of Samuel. Now, I think this is the best explanation because it is, it's supported by the reaction of the medium who, who was really getting more than what she bargained for. Is also supported by the truth that Samuel said. And some may say that it's impossible for Samuel to appear in some way coming from, from the world beyond back to this world. But but Moses and, and Elijah, they also came back, you know, when they appeared with Jesus at the Mount Transfiguration in Matthew 17, 3. You know, um, and I think if we if we if we take the possibility that this was that this was actually Samuel out of the equation, I think we are. We're putting um, restrictions on God because I don't know about you guys, but I serve the God of the impossible. And although it doesn't always make sense, God can do anything. God allowed this, this appearance of Samuel because it accomplished two things. It re reconfirmed the coming judgment of King Saul in a very dramatic way. 
and it taught the medium a powerful lesson about the danger of her craft. I believe Samuel did actually appear to Saul and that he was sent by special by the by the special mercy of God to warn the king of his approaching death that he might have an opportunity to make peace with God. Saul, although judgment was cast upon him, had every opportunity to repent. And although the kingdom was taken away from him, although he knew that he that his sons would not be king, that his dynasty was over after him, he still had opportunity to repent. But he tried continually to circumnavigate the will of God. And I don't know about y'all, but every time I've tried to go against the will of God, I have fallen on my face. Every single time. Right? And I'm saying erry. I'm, I'm using improper grammar to, to emphasize every single time because you cannot circumnavigate the will of God. You cannot go against God's will. If God says it, it's going to come, come to pass. Why have you disturbed me? Samuel says his words would be, would be the mouth of anyone who left the place of comfort and blessing in heaven to come back to earth. Right. If I, if, if I'm in heaven, you know what I'm saying? And I get called back. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? You know, like, why are you bothering me? I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? I'm hanging out with, you know, I'm hanging out with, 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 with Noah and Moses. We know we're having a barbecue, you know, and, and why are you disturbing me? Samuel says, why are you bothering me? You know, he would rather be back where he was. This is, is this, this, this to me is an indication of the reality of what heaven is. It's a real place. And though he had passed from this world, Samuel was in a real place, living a real existence. Saul says, I'm deeply distressed. Saul was trying to explain his problem to Samuel. First, though, the, the Philistines are against me. They're making war against me. But far worse was the fact that Saul knows that God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore. Saul then reveals why he called for Samuel. He says that you may reveal to me what I should do. He says, God has departed from me. God never departs from someone until they have first departed from him. God never departs from someone until they have first departed from him. Then, then in the interest of his own righteousness, then God is against that person. You, do never, you never want to be in the position where God is against you, when you are outside the will of God. Because that's when the bad things happen. And Saul is a prime example of it. He says, what, 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 what I should do. Saul's asking for guidance when his course of action is very, very obvious. He has to fight the Philistines. But really, he, what he really wants is reassurance that everything's going to be well. And the reassurance that he's going to win the battle. Right? He wants his way. And he wants to make sure it's going to happen the way he wants to. What Saul says in verse 17, as he spoke by me, and he says in verse 18, the voice of the Lord. Saul is confirming what God has already said to Saul. The message of the Lord to Saul is very, very consistent. No matter, no matter which strange way God chooses to bring a message, the test for any um, spirit encounter or, or angelic revelation is its faithfulness to the biblical message. 
Okay. That's why I believe this was really Saul. God allowed Saul to come back because his message was, was, was consistent with the word of God. If you ever feel you're receiving a revelation, if anyone ever comes to you and says, I have a word from the Lord, right? And a lot of us have been there. Test that against the word of God. Test it. Test it, test it, test it. Especially if it's coming from some random, right? If if it's coming from a trusted source, right? One of the pastors, one of the elders, you know, a, a, a leader within the church, you know, and they're like, I believe the Lord has a word for you. I would, I would probably listen to that. But if some dude off the street comes to me, right? And is like, you know, thus saith the Lord, I'm going to have some reservations, <laughs> you know, because I don't know you. So I'm going to take what you say and I'm going to open up the word of God. Like, is this consistent with what the Lord has told me, spoken to me in the past? You know, so, so Saul, by saying he spoke to me and the voice of the Lord, he's referencing what the Lord has already said. So this cannot be a demonic uh, uh, figure that's, a, that's appearing before him. This was actually Saul because he's bringing the word of God. Right, and it doesn't matter what kind of impressive counter someone has with with a, a spiritual being. Even if, as Galatians one eight says, if an angel from heaven, right, or if Samuel himself, if an angel from heaven preach any other gospel gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. This is why we got to be so careful with who we listen to. What sermons we listen to, who, you know, who is preaching these sermons? You know, Pastor Brent talked about this Sunday, you know, that there's there's dozens and hundreds of, of YouTube preachers, right? And a lot of them are amazing. A lot of them, though, eh, not so much, right? Because a lot of them are preaching a gospel that's, I'm believing to your own judgment, but a lot of them are preaching a gospel that is not the word of God. But it's disguised. That's right, Doug. Tweaked. A tweaked version of the word of God. Right? So if you're if you're listening to these preachers, and listen, you could be listening to somebody for years, excuse me, and there's like, man, doctrine, it's amazing, it's beautiful, blah, 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 blah. And that one sermon they preach, and your spidey sense is going off a little bit. You're like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. You better listen to that because that's the Holy Spirit. That ain't no spidey sense. That's the Holy Spirit tingling your ear saying, watch it. Turn it off. Stop doing it. Right? And there have been plenty of preachers that I've listened to over the years where I'm like, man, this person is amazing. He's great. She's great. Blah, blah, blah. And then I hear that one sermon. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can't. I can't do this. You know? We need to be very cautious of what we are allowing to come into our brains, what we're listening to, what words of influence are we listening to? He says in verse 18, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Samuel called Saul's mind back to what happened in 1 Samuel 15. In that chapter, Samuel told Saul, uh, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor, to the neighbor of yours who is better than you. Apparently, 
in the 15 or so years since that happened, um, Saul thought that maybe the Lord would change his mind. And Samuel tells Saul that the Lord had not changed his mind at all. Samuel makes this point exactly when he quotes from 1 Samuel 15. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. God's word to Saul didn't change from the time when he first said it until the time when it would be fulfilled. His word does not change. Perhaps Saul thought that time would change God's mind. But time, listen, time never changes God's mind. Time never changes God's mind. God's mind. Our repentance, our genuine brokenness may change God's mind. But time never does. Says when, and then when the medium saw Samuel, she said he was covered with a mantle. The mantle here was probably Samuel's robe, which identified him as a priest and as a prophet. In 1 Samuel 15, 27, when Samuel announced that God would take the kingdom away from Saul, um, Saul grabbed Samuel's robe and, and in desperation, and it tore. The Hebrew word for robe in 1 Samuel 15, 27 is mahil, which is the same word used for mantle here in verse 14. And it's likely, no, we can't say for certain, but it's very likely that Samuel appeared before the medium and Saul wearing the same torn robe to remind Saul that the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. And I'm beginning to close here. It says, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Saul learned from Samuel that he would die the very next day. Verse 15, Saul asked to know what I should do. And Samuel never told him what to do because it was too late to do anything. The only thing Samuel told him was, was what would happen. And God's judgment was already in motion. And before this moment, Saul had plenty of time to repent. But now time had run out. We can never assume that we will have as much time as we want to repent. The desire and opportunity to repent are gifts from God. If we have the desire and the opportunity today, we must seize upon it because there may be may not be no tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, if you need to repent of something, do it today. Do it right now. Stop what you're doing. Whether you're listening right now on this Zoom, you're listening later on the podcast, you're in your car, you're in your office, stop what you're doing and repent because tomorrow is not promised. Saul thought he had all the time in the world. My man had 20 years, 20 years from the time David was anointed to be king to when Saul was going to die and be, and David becomes the king. 20 years to repent, and he didn't do it. 20 years is a long time. But Saul still thought he had all the time in the world, and he didn't. It wasn't just that that Samuel told Saul that he would die or fall in battle before the Philistines, far worse to Saul was the knowledge that the Lord was his adversary. Not only were the Philistines set against him, so was the God. So was the Lord was set against him. And knowing this was more than Saul could bear. 
It says that the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled. It, it's a sad note. It's a sad note. And we're going to end here. When a practitioner of the occult is comforting the king of Israel. That's how low the monarchy of Israel this time had gone. Where an occultist, a medium, a psychic, whatever you want to call her, is now comforting the king of Israel. But they were two of the same kind. Each lived in rebellion against God and each was under judgment from the Lord. So my brothers and sisters, as we close, what is it that you have to repent for? What is it that you're still holding on to that you have yet to give up to God? To really submit to God's judgment. If we ask for forgiveness, the word says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But we too often hold on to our sins because we think that, that my sin is too great. My sin is too big. He can never, right? Maybe that's how Saul felt. You know, Saul probably felt he had all the time in the world. Maybe he thought my sin is too great. There's no way that God could forgive me. Whatever lie you're telling yourself, whatever lie the enemy is speaking to you, Come against that in the name of Jesus and go before him and repent and ask for forgiveness. And then move on. Because then also at the same time, even when, when, when we're forgiven by the Lord, right, we still stay in that. We still stay in that mentality. We still stay in that place of, of judgment, you know? And then a lot of times we ask for forgiveness over and over and over and over again. And God's like, Yo, homie, I've forgiven you like a dozen times. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, like, it's time for us to move on. Allow God to move in your life. Allow God to forgive you. Do not be like Saul thinking you have all the time in the world. Because too many people have failed. Too many people have thought I have all the time in the world. And they didn't wake up this morning. They thought they had all the time in the world. And they're driving to work. And they, they go head on with it with a tractor trailer. We never know when our time is up. Do not be like Saul, who kept trying to push his own agenda. Kept, he kept trying to make his life something that it wasn't going to be. But he had every opportunity to repent, and so do we. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters on this call right now. Everyone listening later on on the Zoom and the podcast, Father, Lord, that you would just bring to their mind those areas of, of their life that they need to really submit to you, Lord, that they need to repent to you of, Lord God, that they need to submit to you, Father, Lord, ask for forgiveness, Lord, and I pray that they will actually accept your forgiveness, Father, and not dwell on that sin, Jesus. Because, Father, you want us to be the best version of what you designed us to be. Not to live in sin, not to live in shame, Lord, but to live in, in, in victory and live in strength by your Holy Spirit, Lord. So, Father, I pray for everyone here, Lord God. Speak to them, Lord God. Reveal these things to them, Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing in our church, Lord. And we are just expectant for greater, greater things to happen. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all. And I'll see y'all again next week. God bless.